Caroline is going to be wrapping up our current series, Power of Faith, with a great talk about Pentecost. Let's welcome Caroline. Thank you. Hello, everyone. So today is Pentecost. Um, Pentecost is a Christian holiday that celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit to people. And it comes seven weeks after Easter, usually. Um, so we have this, um, I can show you guys this uh, liturgical calendar, which for some reason that I love. Um, you could see that there are three different uh, big holidays that uh, in our Christian faith tradition. So the Christmas is a big one where uh, for four weeks in Advent, we prepare to celebrate for the big celebration on Christmas, the birth of Jesus. And then the second big holiday season comes in um, Lent. It's a six-week period where we get ready for Easter uh, to receive Jesus and celebrate his um, resurrection. The Easter celebration actually goes on for seven weeks. Uh, and we call that Easter tide. And then it ends with Pentecost, which is today. So you could see how Pentecost is one of the three big um, holidays or celebrations of our faith. But, you know, the Pentecost doesn't seem to get as much attention as Christmas or Easter. Like I'm wearing uh, red pants to celebrate the Pentecost. And I don't see a sea of red, red here, right? Um, you guys didn't really dress up for Pentecost, did you, this morning? So I wonder what that is. Like, it's not just us. It's that, um, you know, the Christmas and Easter is so much in the air. Um, but then we somehow sort of like pass by Pentecost, Pentecost without really thinking about it. I think partly it is because some people feel maybe ambivalent toward the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit with her supernatural gifts like the healing or prophecy or the gift of tongues. It, it can seem um, mysterious or scary or uh, dangerous, kind of out of control. And, and we hear stories of people abusing the gifts and using them unwisely, and that's kind of unnerving as well. It's also partly that we don't really understand what the Holy Spirit is for, I wonder. Um, I sometimes get these questions from people, like, I, I get God, the creator, I get Jesus, who came as one of us, but then what is the Holy Spirit for? So that kind of feeling of, what is it really, are we celebrating? Um, so whatever the reason is, that Pentecost tends to get the, you know, uh, less attention, I work with kids and youth at the river for over 10 years now. And it is through working with kids that I began to really understand the value of celebrating and living the seasons. Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter, and Pentecost. It's sort of like the seasons together tell a story. And as I live that story... Um, the year after year, I feel like I've gained deeper understanding of what that story is about. So today I propose 
that Pentecost is just as important as Christmas and Easter, and that it is an integral part in the story of Jesus. It could even be said that it is the culmination of Jesus's uh, life on earth. He himself says in John fourteen sixteen, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And continues saying in 16, 7, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Going away, he means dying here. So Jesus is saying it is best that he goes away so the Holy Spirit can come and to be with us forever. He's saying that having the Holy Spirit with us is better than having Jesus around in person, living and breathing, eating with us, loving us, and healing any sicknesses that we might have. And that's a big promise. That's a big claim. And he's also saying that he's going away so that the Holy Spirit can come. He's saying that his death and the resurrection are leading toward the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit and the culmination of his life on earth. So then... Without the Pentecost, we cannot fully understand the story of Jesus, what the story of it, story it is all about. And we might end up misunderstanding the meaning of it, the meaning of the cross, among other things. We can't figure out a meaning of a story until we hear the whole story, right? It's like Avengers, Infinity War. Have you guys watched this? After watching it, it is very hard to jump in and say, oh, this is what the movie is about, because how it ended cannot be the ending. And we now are frustrated because we have to wait for the next one to come out to know how it ends. So we can't even understand the superhero movie fully without really knowing how it ends. How much more the cosmic story of the Christ So today, let's take a look at the story of Pentecost as we keep in mind that this is the integral part of Jesus' story. This is the moment Jesus' life on earth was moving toward. Okay? Great. So let me set up the background story for you. God came to us as a human baby in Jesus. Jesus is sometimes called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God coming all the way to where we are to be with us. The baby, fully God and fully human, grew to be a man filled with God's spirit. He was with people, teaching, speaking, and healing them, eating, drinking, drinking, laughing, and living with people. 
He showed love to many, but was crucified. His body was buried, but on the third day he rose from the grave. Resurrected, he appeared to his friends on many occasions for forty days. He told them about the kingdom of God, and the gift that he was to send them. He, he told them.、Um, He told his friends to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the gift, which is the Holy Spirit. Then he was taken up to the heavens. So his friends gathered in Jerusalem, waiting and praying. So that's where、uh, today's story of Pentecost picks up. It's from Acts two. Let me read for us. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability, at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, "They are just drunk. That's all. They're always haters." So the festival of Pentecost.、Um, Before it was a Christian festival, a Christian celebration, it was actually it was a big Jewish holiday that celebrate the celebrates God's giving of the law to Moses and his people. It was also the day that people brought their first fruits from their harvest to、uh, give offerings to God. So in Jerusalem, there were many people. Many people were gathered to give offerings to God and to celebrate this holiday. There were not only from the all over Israel, but also Jews from the whole region visiting the temple. And Jesus' friends were gathered there too, men and women, waiting for what Jesus said He was sending them, and they. Together, receive the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit, and this has never happened before. The Holy Spirit coming to people so generously, powerfully, and indiscriminately. 
And the crowd gathered because of the loud noise were bewildered because they have never seen anything like this before. So the story continues. Peter, one of the disciples, stood up before the crowd and explained. He explained that no, they were not drunk. It was only nine o'clock in the morning. He says, what was happening there is the fulfillment of what God promised a long time ago. He said through prophet Joel this, in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. What is this promise saying, this big promise? It's saying that everyone will receive God's spirit, right? It pretty much covers it all. God will come to everyone, women, men, young, old, free, or slaves. And a few chapters later, God also shows them very clearly that this applies to non-Jews too. So really, literally everyone. Let's pause here and think about this. Jesus came to us as a human baby to be with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. This itself is so radical. God bridges the heaven and the earth by coming to be one of us. This icon here shows how Jesus himself is the bridge between heaven and earth. And while he was on earth, he says that me coming was good, but it gets even better. It will be even better when I go away because then the Holy Spirit will come to you. And as promised, the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, now falls on people. They receive God's Spirit as a group, but also as individuals. It says, Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. God comes all the way to each one of them, to be with each one of them. This is the very extension of what Jesus started by coming to us as one of us. By being born to us. He came to us and now has come even closer in the Holy Spirit, all the way to where we are, to fully connect with us. Which we as mortals could not do. We could not go to God and bridge the gap and connect with him. So he has done it for us. And isn't that the most wonderful news? And let's think about this 
In the even larger context of the story of God from the very beginning, the Bible opens with two stories of creation, two different stories that are meant to emphasize different things. But what is clear in both stories is that God created humans to be connected to God, to carry the divine in us. The first creation account says, so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The second account says God created the person and breathed into the nostrils to give them life. It says, then the Lord God formed a person of dust from the ground and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. And the person became a living being. The spirit, um, the word spirit in Hebrew also can mean breath. So when God breathed into people and gave them life, symbolically, God's spirit was breathed into people, which became the source of life. So God's spirit was in people. And through that connection, there was union between God and people, God and all creation. People were connected through one spirit with the rest of the creation, to themselves, to God. And this is a beautiful picture of belonging. Humans were part of the whole in sync with the creation, in perfect connection with God. But the story ends with humans choosing to be separate. And as a result, the deep, universal, and fundamental alienation comes into our existence. The humans in the story, they find themselves alienated from themselves, ashamed with their own bodies and inadequacy. They find themselves alienated from God. They used to have easy strolls in the garden with them, but now they feel compelled to hide. They find themselves um, alienated from each other. Judgment and blame come into every relationship. and They're out of touch with the rest of the creation. This is the universal condition of our human existence the stories tell us. As theologian Paul Tillich says, we are essentially good, but existentially estranged. We're created good, beautiful, but chose to be separate. The world's brokenness both our individual brokenness and societal brokenness that we see on a daily basis all over the news. These brokennesses come from our estrangement from God, self, others, and the world. So that is the context in which Jesus comes to us as Emmanuel, God with us. He comes to bridge this deep alienation and to reconnect with us. That mission to connect 
is culminated in the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in each of us is the ultimate picture of connection with God. Now, the image of God in us, the divine in us, has been reactivated. We're part of God's world, again, through one spirit. This is the greatest gift of faith to belong. We belong to God. God belongs to us. We belong to the rest of the world. We belong to one another. We belong here in this community. Some of us might feel uneasy with that word belonging. Creeped out by it a little even. Because belonging can, is nice, but Sometimes when it comes, it takes away individual, individuality and freedom, doesn't it? How many times have we felt that to belong, we had to give up something? A little bit of who we are. That to belong, we had to conform to fit in the mold. But in this picture, in this picture of God's belonging, we are truly and fully embraced as who we are. See in this picture, in the story, the story lists the different peoples who were there on the day of Pentecost. It makes you wonder why the author chose to list all these different regions instead of saying there were people from all over the world. They could have, he could have said that. But it lists all you know, these uh, people groups Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Asia, Phrygia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, goes on and on. So many different nationalities, different backgrounds, experiences, races. All kinds of different people were there that day, on the day, the first day when the Spirit fell. And the Holy Spirit gave his, Jesus' his friends the ability to speak all these different languages so everyone there could hear from God, to be touched by God, to connect with God as who they were. This is the power of faith that God gives us to connect with others who are different from us because God does not need everyone to speak in one language or be from the same culture to be able to belong. Rather, the Holy Spirit comes all the way to everyone in our unique language and background. And this radical inclusion and diversity do something magical. The Spirit falls on so many different kinds of people that the diversity brings freedom. We're all different, and they're free to be different in who they are. I have a daughter who goes to a very diverse public school here in New York. She once told me this, she, that she feels freer to be her authentic self in her diverse community than she would have even in predominantly Asian American settings. 
So by connecting different kinds of people from all backgrounds with one spirit, God amazingly makes possible both the individual authenticity and a deep sense of belonging. Deeper kind of belonging than if there were no diversity. And truer authenticity than if we were free-floating islands. In this picture of belonging, we're fully connected to God, free to be true to who we are, and in union with others around us. This is why I love the story of Pentecost. It is not the special effect only. It is because of this aha moment when we can finally see where God is going, what God's redemptive plan is for us. That we're called back to be in union with God and through him with one another, with ourselves and with the whole creation. And what if this That union is what the story of Jesus is about. What if that is what Jesus came to us for? We say in churches, Jesus died for our sin. And that he came for us so we can be forgiven. And we somehow interpret that to mean that we had to change to be received. To be connected by God. But if Jesus came for that specific reason to forgive us, weren't we already forgiven? I think it's more accurate to say Jesus came, has come to us, to let us know that we are forgiven. To remind us that we already belong. He's come to bring our gaze back to God and God's reality of connectedness. Our belonging in all our beautiful, unique selves. And if that is what Jesus is all about, that Jesus has come for all of us so we belong completely and be in union with God, others, and the whole creation. Let's let that sink in a bit. If Jesus has come for us so we belong completely and be in union with God, others, and the whole creation, how would we be different? How would we choose and live differently? How would we think differently about different social issues of our time, about our work, about our relationships, people around us? How would our priorities in life change? I think this is worth spending time to reflect on. So this is my first suggestion today to experience the belonging and connection that God has for us, 
reflect on this story of God and how this would change you. So right now, we're going to give you a little time to do that. We're going to show some artwork that illustrate the story that I've shared with you. So I invite you to replay the story in your mind as you watch Jesus' birth, his life on earth, his death, the resurrection, and the gift of the Holy Spirit reaching everyone. And as you watch and reflect, I invite you to think about this question. If this is the story of Jesus, if I were to really re receive this story, a story of my faith, then what would that mean for me and my life? So let's take a little time. My second suggestion is ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. All it, all it takes is to ask. That's what the people in the story did. They turned toward Jesus and they were filled. And even if you have already had experiences with the Holy Spirit, you can ask again to be filled because we leak. We can never completely lose the Spirit in us. But we can always be filled with more. If you'd like, we can pray together right now. It's very simple. Um, if you would, you can put out your hands as a posture of receiving and pray with me. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, Jesus. Amen. And another great way to ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit is to pray with someone. And as I said, the Holy Spirit is all about connection. Praying together with someone bring about more connection and more Holy Spirit. Prayer team is, Peter is here today to pray with you, to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you'd like. I think it could be a great way um, to ask God. You can just go up to him and say, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Then he will take it from there. My third suggestion is to take communion today, remembering that you belong. I feel like communion actually is the practice, spiritual practice, to remind us of that. That is the purpose of the communion, in my mind at least. Jesus says that the wine that we take is his blood poured for us, and the bread is his flesh broken for us, to take those and eat those to remember him. But like, why are we supposed to eat his blood and flesh. It is a way to remember that we have God in us and we are in God. There are, that we are not merely mortals, but we have the spirit of God in us and we're created in God's image.
So during worship time, you're invited to come up and take communion, remembering that you belong and God belongs to you. And you might want to say as you take it, Jesus, you're in me and I in you. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that's poured out on us, whoever we are, as we turn towards you. I pray that today, here right now, that we would experience deeper and truer um, connection with you than ever. Pray that we would um, experience that sense of belonging that you have in store for us, that we would feel at home and at ease and safe with you um, present in us and around us and also with you present in people around us. In Jesus' name, amen.